News Weekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Shah to support the podcast. Top Stories of the Week Mugshot Captures Trump's Best Side Also, Putin Throws Prigozhin Out of the Sky And Desi's In Space All that and more on News Weekly Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. USA! 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 News now. I try to ignore American news as much as possible on this podcast for a few reasons. One, I feel like there's enough news satire podcasts and YouTube channels and TV shows that have it covered. There's really nothing new to add. Two, the sheer joy I experience at the continuing collapse of the United States feels too personal. It's like a deep, dark fetish that you don't want even your loved ones to know about because they'll judge you. Basically, watching America shit itself to death should be a category on Pornhub. Three, there's nothing new. It's always the same story. Trump gets indicted, Democrats think this time they got him for sure, he only gets more popular, then someone shoots up a school and the survivors have to run a GoFundMe to pay for their medical care. That's it, on a loop. But every now and then, we here at Newsweekly headquarters realize that to deny America its place in the headlines isn't being true to the promise of top stories of the week. So, of course, here's Donald Trump getting his mugshot taken and everyone making a big deal out of it. Trump's mugshot was released by the police and the American news channels all stuck to their predicted responses. Here's MSNBC making a strangely precise prediction. It took us 234 years to get here. Uh, There's reason to believe it'll take another 234 before we see another mugshot of a former president of the United States. Wait, what's the reason to believe that? What does this guy know about the future and why doesn't anyone ask him? Another analyst then sees not a photo of Donald Trump, but a need to justify her media studies degree from Liberal Arts College. He, he looks enraged. I mean, I, I think the, the look, the, what, what I see there, uh, there's a pathos to that look. Uh, there's an anger to that look. And, you know, Donald Trump has kind of thrived on the anger of a certain demographic of Americans who've decided the country's sort of leaning away from them and, and what they think is important and, you know, not prioritizing them and the, the things they value and care about. Um, he's like sort of embodying that. He's sort of the avatar for the rage that he has traded off of to become president in the first place. It is That is not the, you know, sort of funny reality show star that Americans elected in 2016. That's a, that is a sinister apparition that I'm seeing in front of me. And of course, on the opposite side of the political spectrum is Fox News, who actually sees the exact same things in the picture, but with a holy reverence added on. So we're about to see the mugshot, and there it is. Yeah. Let's just take that in for a second. You do see some anger in the eyes. And I don't like the ghoulish coverage of it. CNN got the image leaked to them before the rest of the media. That tells you everything you know about the process. Uh, Your reaction 
this does elicit an emotional response. Well, I, I, I would hope that people understand what time it is. I mean, we are in a cold civil war with the un-American left. They have decided that they will use the quote-unquote legal system as a weapon against political opponents. And even here in Australia, Sky News, which wants so much to be Fox News when it grows up but lacks the personality, charisma and history of sexual assault, brought out the big guns to defend Donald Trump. As we do every week, it's time to speak to one of the finest thinkers of his generation, the best-selling author of groundbreaking works, including The War on the West, The Strange Death of Europe and The Madness of Crowds, Douglas Murray. That's right, Douglas Murray, the most extraordinary thinker of his generation, whose great thoughts have been to write three books with this same premise of obviously racist great replacement paranoia with an Oxbridge veneer thrown on top. Murray didn't go straight into defending Trump. First, he justified his boring racism polished into a thinking man's grift by having predictable opinions about voice to parliament and racial politics. You know, this ridiculous conceit that only the sort of white Western European settler can ever be uh, guilty of anything and everyone li else lived in this Edenic paradise is absolute guff and <laughs> rot and it should not be foisted. He prefaced all of that, by the way, by saying that he felt the need to say what no one else was saying, proving he's about as insightful as a Facebook comment section on the Tony Abbott fan page. He then shared his truly searing insight on Donald Trump. But I, I fear very much that this whole process has been so politicized. You know, Donald Trump, when he came into office uh, in, in 2016, 2017, having said that he would lock up his opponent, Hillary Clinton, of course, realized legitimately that that was absolutely impossible. It wasn't possible for the republic to proceed by with people using political prosecutions. The fact that that favor has not been returned now, whatever you think Donald Trump has done, shows a new low in American politics. And I really warn the Democrats on this. When the Republicans are back in power, as they will be at some point, they will be using these tools against you. And it's the old thing, the shoe on the other foot rule. The Democrats aren't going to like it when the same rules are applied to them. So there you have it. The application of the rule of law should be done on the basis of if you didn't do it to me, I won't do it to you. And the former president being indicted for trying to overturn election results shouldn't be a political issue, which I'd argue is a bit hard given it's a politician getting into trouble for doing political things in politics. But... What do I know? I don't sound like I went to a posh British school with a scorn up my ass, so when I say dumb things, they just sound dumb, I suppose. The missing voice in all of this so far has been Donald Trump's. So let's hear from the guy who's probably going to win the next election anyway. I really believe this is a very sad day for America. This should never happen. If you challenge an election, you should be able to challenge an election. I thought the election was a rigged election, a stolen election. And I should have every right to do that. As you know, you have many people that you've been watching over the years do the same thing, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Stacey Abrams or many others. When you uh, have that great freedom to challenge, you have to be able to, otherwise you're going to have very dishonest elections. What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. I've never had such support. See, he said the exact same things Douglas Murray did. But because he sounds like Trump, you're all rolling your eyes. By the way, in case you're wondering, Trump isn't being indicted for questioning election results the way Sky News is framing it. 
It's for something a little more direct. The exact wording by the state prosecutor of Georgia is, and I'm quoting here, engaged in various related criminal activities, including but not limited to false statements and writings, impersonating a police officer, forgery, filing false documents, influencing witnesses, computer theft, computer trespass, computer invasion of privacy, conspiracy to defraud the state, acts involving theft and perjury. But, you know, let's not make it political. And while Douglas Murray was blaming this on the Democrats, he forgot to mention that Georgia is a Republican state, with every statewide office having Republican majorities in the State House and Senate, as well as a complete Republican pick on the Georgia Supreme Court. He must have missed that detail while researching his next book titled I Hate the Browns. The Republican Party, which is still trying desperately to unhoist itself from the petard it climbed up on, held a debate featuring the next generation of Republican hopefuls who have no chance of winning against Trump. One of the most prominent figures there was gay icon Mike Pence. Joe Biden has weakened this country at home and abroad. Now is not the time for on-the-job training. We don't need to bring in a rookie. We don't need to bring in people without experience. That's Pence attacking Vivek Ramaswamy, the latest version of Bobby Jindal. Vivek came to prominence while making the strongest case yet against cultural appropriation. Yes, that's an Indian American who doesn't believe in climate change, single-handedly destroying rap even more effectively than Justin Timberlake tried doing to hip-hop. I'm pretty sure that song chased sexy away for good. Ramaswamy, who has recently been accused of plagiarizing an Obama speech, also plagiarized Trump at the debate. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. Trump wasn't at the debate himself, by the way, but it was obvious that he was still the winner. If former President Trump is convicted in a court of law, would you still support him as your party's choice? Please raise your hand if you would. That cheering is because almost everyone on the stage raised their hands. And that's enough America for a while, I think. Let's move on to something more fun. Hotel windows breathe a sigh of relief news now. After Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin tried and failed to lead a rebellion against Putin, it was only a matter of time before he was punished for it. Analysts wondered, would Putin throw him out a window? Maybe give him radioactive tea? Perhaps throw him out of a radioactive window while sipping tea? Well, how about a little bit of all of the above? Russian mercenary leader Evgeny Yevgeny Prigozhin is reported to have been killed. This footage, verified by the BBC, shows the moment his Wagner Group's private jet hurtled to Earth about 300 kilometres or 200 miles northwest of Moscow. Prigozhin's private jet crashed, carrying a total of 10 people on board, which some experts say happened due to an explosive device on the plane. And other experts, those in Russia particularly, said happened because sometimes private jets drop out of the sky, because in Russia, private jets and hotel windows are made by the same company. Vladimir Putin has, of course, confirmed his involvement by denying it. President of Russia Vladimir Putin expressing his condolences over the death of Russia's most powerful mercenary, that's Yevgeny Prigozhin. Let's go to Daniel Hawkins. He joins us live now from Moscow. Very interesting, Daniel, that only some 24 hours later, 
after that crash do we hear from Vladimir Putin? And the way he talks about it is in a very sort of understated way, almost as an aside in a meeting with another official. Uh, seemingly, that has officially now happened. And yes, indeed, Vladimir Putin uh, hailing Prigozhin's achievements, really, in this meeting with uh, Denis Pushilin, who's the head of the Donetsk Republic, saying that he knew him all the way from the 90s, that he was a talented individual, a talented businessman. He just called the head of the largest Russian mercenary group that tried to mount a mutiny against him a, quote, talented businessman. I'm pretty sure that's a sick burn in Russia. Meanwhile, oligarchs, who used to avoid windows, have now begun selling off their private jets as well. They seize on the moon news now. Any competition between India and Pakistan was conclusively ended this week after India became the fourth country to land on the moon. Cheers and applause at Mission Control in the southern Indian city of Bengaluru. People are applauding. As India's Chandrayaan-3 lander successfully touched down near the lunar South Pole. It's a remarkable achievement by India, proving it's capable of achieving incredible technological and scientific success by replicating something that was done in America in 1969. No, I'm not bitter at all. Pakistan is also achieving great things, I'll have you know. Sure, we didn't land on the moon, but we did land on a cable car this week. Good evening. Welcome to the programme. So some good news tonight from Pakistan that all eight people who were dangling in a cable car hundreds of metres above a mountainous ravine have been saved. Five were rescued by helicopter. But tonight, after the air crews were grounded by dusk and high winds, the team completed that rescue using a zip line. Yeah, take that, India. See, Pakistan is also capable of, like, doing stuff, I guess. The Indian lunar mission is the first time anyone's landed on the moon's southern pole. A rover called Pragyan is now expected to leave the lander and take photographs of the moon's surface for two weeks. It will help scientists establish the quantities of ice water reserves thought to be on the moon. If samples of that water off the moon are brought back, it would then be the first clean drinking water in India. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi took time out of stoking hatred for India's Muslim community to celebrate the success of his using the same measures of economic and technological achievements to hide the rise of violent and fascist movement that was done in Germany in 1937. This success belongs to all of humanity and it will help moon missions by other countries in the future. One of those other countries won't be Russia, however. Wednesday's soft landing happened days after Russia's first moon mission in 47 years ended in disappointment when the Lunar 25 crashed into the moon. That Russian rocket was probably an enemy of Putin's as well. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, give it a like, subscribe, give it the promotions on the iTunes and the five-star ratings and tell your friends and massage my back and all the self-promotional stuff that I ask you at the end of every episode. I'll be right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch news in the headlines weekly.